weirdos. <laughs> Welcome to Way Too Weird. Oh. This is the podcast where we talk about our oh. weird ass universe. Yes, indeed. I'm Annie B. I'm Sarah. Hey. Hey. This is episode eight. And let's go ahead and get straight into it. What's going on with you, Sarah? What's weird? Uh, not a lot, except that I downloaded a new app. Okay. And uh, it's for specifically identifying UAPs in the sky. Um, yeah, so you might not be the only one who downloaded that app. Yeah, maybe I maybe I <laughs> sent it to you and made you download it. And then we both spent the entire night separately going yeah. through it, I assume. Yeah, At least yeah, that's yeah. what I did. So I found this in The New Yorker. Um, back in September of last year, NASA released... The Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena Independent Study Team Report, or if you're cool like me, you can just call it UAPster. Oh! Like Napster? Yeah. Um, Wait, do people even know what Napster is any longer? I mean, people hey, if who you know, this, you know. Yeah, if you know, you know. Probably do, because let's be honest. <laughs> We're not appealing to the younger crowd. No. So in that report, um, the team suggested that NASA should branch out to use smartphone technology to better collect data of what people are reporting and experiencing. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of what they were getting was probably like pilots and like military. Right. But they want like common, the common people, mm -hmm. the common folk. Mm -hmm. So the Enigma app, as it is called, free in the app store, is described as Shazam for what's in the skies mm -hmm. by the creator who goes by the moniker A. Oh, that's real mysterious. Very mysterious. So basically the app is if you don't recognize something in the sky, you could point your phone at it and it will ID it or attempt to. And it is so you write a report, you take your pictures or not, and you upload it. So what's really cool is it can give you feedback. Oh, it's a plane. It's a Boeing 747 or whatever. Or, oh, it's a hang glider. You know, mm -hmm. it'll it'll help you out. It'll give you feedback. Um and, and then it goes into the data collection of other such anomalies. What's really, really cool is that you can look at a map and see what other people have reported in your area or in yeah. any area. Yeah. Um, so their witness statements are on there, the number of witnesses, the category of object like cylinder, cigar, mm -hmm. uh, circle triangle triangle yeah all of that and you can sign up to get notifications for when there are sightings yeah yeah so if yeah. you're like in the area you can be like quick let's go to j-town or yeah. wherever i don't think they're in j-town but um, i mean j-towners let us know um so i think this is going to create a lot of like uap hunters mm -hmm. who are like quick to the minivan right right you know? yeah like storm chasers yeah i like that but there's got to be so much data so i think we should definitely make an evening out of i think so this. too well i think it's genius because just having that database that's open to the public right now everybody is just like oh did you see that clip or did you see this and it's really easy to discount when it's just like one-offs i'm gonna tell you something that's cool about the app so the app uses metadata do you know what metadata is no so when you take a photo um things like time location um what you're taking the photo on they are saved within the file of the photo so when you upload that or the video um, they get all the metadata mm. so if a if a image or video is manipulated they'll be able to tell oh that's cool yeah that's fucking tight but yeah so what's weird with you annie 
So honestly, not a lot weird has happened to me this week. I know mm. it's pretty anticlimactic, but I did spend a good amount of time as per usual searching through paranormal TikTok and I came across one video that is uber creepy. Did and you I, send it to me? Have I you seen did it? send it to Ooh, you. Yes, it's okay. one of the ones. So um, this one, it was these kids, two little kids running through the woods, like playing in the woods and their dad was filming and... Um, there was a third child about their size and age with them playing who was wearing straight black garb. You couldn't really even tell like what it was. It was just like pitch black and had a freaking burlap sack over its head and like tied around its mm -hmm. neck. And Real it was creepy. moving in a really weird kind of cadence. And it almost and looked like it was gliding. Yeah, it did. It did. And like, and they saw it. So, and I, th I think you, you couldn't see like its arms or legs it was just like kind of the shape of a body like right but it was keeping up with them it was like mm -hmm. it was playing with them and they were like running but these kids are the like together. like leaping and running and like very moving like children yeah and, and this thing this was thing just kind of gliding like... with them that's really weird. <laughs> but the dad saw it like they saw it they knew that they were interacting with it but the dad they were like oh it's our friend and the dad's like no 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 get over here get over here we're going and was like trying to get them out of the woods good so, for that dad yeah it's a good dad uh, also, I'll like, what if it was a child and they just left it in the woods? <laughs> it's like, take this bag off my head. All right. Let's go ahead and introduce the topic for today. Cool. Let's get into it. We're going to be talking about telepathic twins. Ooh. Or we could just say, like, creepy twins. Yeah. Twin stories. Or like twin connection. Twin. What that is. Yeah. Because we're going to talk a lot about like what the connection is and get into the science of that apart from twins. Right. And that word is quantum entanglement. Oh, yeah. So you're saying quantum entanglement is part of what's weird about twins? Definitely. Okay, cool. Well, how about you go ahead and start us off? What do you have? I got twin facts. All right. Cool. Hit me. So uh, a lot of these are from Wikipedia. Some of them are from the National Library of Medicine. About one in 90 births are twins. Locations with big twin tendencies include Benin, Nigeria, Togo, Brazil, Kerala, India, Uttar Pradesh, India. Fertility drugs increase the odds of multiple births. Now, as far as the places... Um, I'm surprised that Illinois isn't on there. Did, did you see that thing that I, um, there was, I guess, a graduating class in Illinois that had um, 13 sets of twins. Uh, I think one of them was even triplets that graduated in like a single class. It was like of like 377 people. Pretty cool. And then they said, but that was not the largest number of multiples in a graduating class. Another Illinois class had 44 sets of multiples it's in their wild. graduating class yeah maybe something was in the milk that was just like one year right one graduating class right but i guess this is more like over and over and over right. again well neat when i think of twins though i think of mary kate and ashley of course yeah i Iconic. think that that's that's the american way what was your favorite mary kate and ashley movie i mean it takes two would be my answer. Yeah, that's also my answer. Nice. Oh, cool. Also, uh, weird about them, they say they're fraternal, mm -hmm. even though they look identical. Hmm. 
So I have a theory about this. They won't get the blood test to prove what kind of twin they are. And like, fair enough. Like, right. you know, why would they? Right. People are just curious about their lives. Um, but in the 80s, when they would have been like um, checking their mom's placenta or whatever, doctors used to determine if a twin was identical versus fraternal by just looking and seeing how many placentas there were. So if there are two placentas, they were like, oh, that's fraternal. Whereas now we know that identical twins can have separate placentas, just oh. like fraternal twins can have right. one placenta. You know, they can say what they want, but we know the truth. The next set of multiples I want to talk about are three identical strangers. Three identical strangers. So that's okay. a, a documentary that's on Netflix. Have you watched it? I have not. Well, it's very gripping and completely sad and heartbreaking. Hmm. Uh, spoilers ahead and trigger warning, we'll be talking about someone unaliving themselves. Okay, thanks. So, um, picture it. New York, 1980. A young 19-year-old Robert Schaffron shows up to his new community college only to be graded by all these people he doesn't know. And they're like, hey, Eddie, how was your summer? And he's like, why is everyone calling me Eddie? Enter Edward Galland. Alike in every way, including adoption story, these two boys quickly realize they must be twins separated at birth. Mm. This story makes the papers. Everyone loves a you know, human interest story. It include, includes a picture of the new brothers. Comes to the attention of one David Kelman. David reads this wild and crazy story, realizes that these must be his brothers and that they must be identical triplets. So he doesn't know these people. He didn't know that he was mm -mm, none of them knew of, anything. They just right. this is all chance. He just saw them in the newspaper and was like, "Whoa, I'm one of them." Exactly. Wow. So David, Eddie, and Robert uh, reconnect. They quickly take up the brotherly bond they'd missed out on for two decades and discovered lots of similarities shared between them. They have the same taste in food, smoke the same brand of cigarettes, all wrestled in high school. And sadly, they all experience intense separation anxiety as kids. They all end up moving into the same house and even open a restaurant together named Triplets. Aw. Aw. These boys and their parents investigate the adoption agency to find out why they were separated. They are told that they were separated because it was too hard to place three babies into one home. Okay. That's but it is, really sad. It is tragically revealed that that is a lie. Oh, my God. This adoption agency is a sham. It's actually all for the purpose of a psychology experiment led by Peter Neubauer and Viola Bernard. Each triplet, and mind you, there were many more sets of identical children involved in this. Each triplet was placed in a different home with a different socioeconomic level and different parenting styles. One blue collar, one middle class, one well off, and likewise, one was very loving, one was more standoffish, and one was more so abusive. The dad from the loving parents actually took all of the boys under his wings and stated that he would have gladly adopted all three of them had Aww. he known that there were three. Right. Throughout the separate childhoods, each family gets periodic visits by the people from the adoption agency to check up on their little test subjects. And they, they aren't, I don't think they have other adopted children, so they don't know that that's not normal. <laughs> but it's just disgusting. It's That is some evil shit. I don't understand how they got away with that like how oh, i think they're 
you know, through perhaps the help of this documentary, they're trying to pursue action. I was going to say, did they go to jail? No. Like, oh my God, that is so fucked up. Yeah. And it's so tragic to think about that separation anxiety for separated twins. Like, they spent nine months literally turning from nothing into humans while hugging and like, like holding each other. <sighs> yeah. That's a bummer. It was all a human experiment on nature versus nurture. Yeah. Um, one of the triplets, like I was saying, David, he ends up unaliving himself. And it was found in this twin study that many of the siblings separated from their siblings have also died by suicide. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So very fucking sad. That is really fucking sad. It's, again, though, it's a really good documentary. Just be prepared to be sad. Okay. And I know now that uh, the remaining brothers, although they're not getting any, like, legal reparations, there's been no consequences. They have been getting all, all of the, um, the the notes that the scientists have made on, on them. Mm. They're getting those. That has to be so bizarre. But just to, to read the notes from the evil scientists who are fucking with your lives. Pretty fucked up. Mm. On a lighter note. Abby and Brittany Hensel. Do you know who they are? No. So they are from New Germany, Minnesota. And these gals are considered dicephalic parapagus twins. Or they have a single body with individual necks and heads. These two ladies have, have had several of their own TV shows throughout the years including one on TLC oh, in 2012. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I know. The two blonde girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And they're like adorable, super bubbly. Um, they have their own hearts, stomachs, spines, lungs, personalities. Like they are different people. Each one operates exactly like one half of the body. So mm -hmm. every motion they make is very like coordinated effort. Mm. Um, they drive, play volleyball, piano, and currently they teach fifth grade at Sunnyside Elementary in New oh, Brighton, Minnesota. Oh, well, they're Minnesota. teachers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so they're like a team. And it's funny, I was watching them and it was like, yeah, you know, she's more of the disciplinarian and I'm more like go with the flow and it was just, it was really cool. Yeah, that's interesting. So I looked for, uh, you know, some, some examples of twin stories and came across a, you know, pretty classically named most amazing top 10. Sounds legit. Yeah. I mean, they, they just have a good little gathering of them, a good little nice. list. It's not like they, they made stuff out of nowhere. Sure, sure. Um, but these were some of the most interesting ones that they had, had uh, listed. So one example is the Jim Twins. These twins were separated at birth and basically lived the same life. What do you mean? Well, they were adopted and then you know, ended up living 45 miles apart from each other. Their childhood dogs were both named Toy. Weird. They were married twice. Their first wives' names were Linda. What? Second wives' names were Betty. What? That's really strange. Both of them have sons named James Allen. Wow. They both lived in the only house on their block. They smoked the same brand of cigarettes, drank the same brand of beer, drove the same Chevrolet car, and they're both police officers. So this I would chalk up to quantum entanglement. Yeah. 
yeah. would think so. Now, I think, you know, with the taste in cigarettes and beer, that I think that might, could be a genetic, genetic thing. Yeah. yeah, you might be predisposed to just like having but that just kind like of taste. The, the, the names. I know. Yeah. I know. Really strange. Okay, so now we have the Finnish twins mm -hmm. who are two 72-year-old twins. Um, one of them was riding his bike and was struck and killed by a, a truck. And at the same time, his twin was about five miles away riding his bike and was also struck and killed by a truck. Wow. Yeah. Now we have Jack Youf and Oscar Stowe. Now this one is pretty bizarre. Um, they were separated at six months old. Jack went with a Jewish family in Trinidad and Stowe went with a Catholic family in Nazi Germany and was even part of the Hitler Youth. Damn. When they were reunited, they met at the airport wearing the same outfit. <laughs> Cute. They both read books from back to front. Why? Elevators made them sneeze. They both had an obsession with wrapping rubber bands around their wrists. Huh. They both flushed their toilets before and after going. Okay. And they only ever wore tight bathing suits. <laughs> It's a what choice. How, do you, how long did it take you guys to figure this stuff yeah, out? Like, are the, like those instances, would you think that that's genetic as well? You know, what's funny is when I was thinking about the rubber band aspect, I was like, is there anything about having that separation of a twin? Like where maybe in the, like, what would you think? Like if in the womb, their hands were kind of like up against each other in a way where they had like a tautness like mm -hmm. on their wrist. And mm -hmm. so maybe they like wanted to have that, tautness again i know it's kind of random but i was just like well what what could have been happening in the womb that both made them want to have that sensation of something tight around yeah their hand i don't know it's a good thought okay now we have martha burke in 1977 she was laying in bed and she felt like she was being cut in two with a sharp piercing pain through oh her abdomen God. at that same moment her sister was killed in a plane crash halfway around the world whoa and that was her twin that was her twin. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Now we have, <laughs> this is not from that list, but this is from one of the most adorable videos I've ever seen. Um, I saw this video on YouTube. It is these two little British kids from 1955. And the narrator was just like such a classic old voice. Like, okay, I'm not good at voices like you Do are. It. Do it. Hang with me for a second. Let me just give this a shot. I believe in you. Okay. Two little boys wearing matching striped t-shirts and cute baggy shorts. They each stand with a painter's easel and their backs to each other. They are both drawing with crayons. They are identical twins, John and Jim Camp, and they are three years old. You're nailing it. Thank you. The narrator explains that if one is smacked, the other feels the pain and claims they not only feel like, but they think like. The boys are separated by a screen and told to draw the first thing that they can think of. They both draw trains. Another telepathy test. The twins sit back to back and arrange some toys in the same formation on trays in their high chairs. They end up in the same order. The twins are just as alike as peas in a pod. That that was really cool. And it it's like, okay, where does like so-called twin telepathy become just quantum entanglement? If you're making the same choices. 
you're feeling the same things we'll get yeah. into quantum entanglement and you can tell me what you think about this and I, look i don't want to dismiss telepathy full out because i do think that there's something to be said for that but i think a lot of it too comes down to deductive reasoning mm -hmm. not maybe not for these little kids but i watched a video a, a more recent video of these twins on youtube and they did talk a lot about deductive reasoning but this was a very interesting experiment so the youtube channel is the merrill twins mm -hmm. and they did a experiment to see if they could have twin telepathy gotcha and the, the setup of this was they were in two separate rooms in their house I, i'm guessing those rooms were far enough away from each other because they didn't seem to be able to hear each other and they both had monitors set up in their room to where they could see the other one on video and they could had little earpieces where they could hear the other one but during the tests those would all go black and like you couldn't hear or see anything so that they could perform the test and then they'd cue into each other and be like okay what were your results so um they had seven different rounds round one was to pick a piece of fruit they were given three pieces of fruit laid out in front of them an orange an apple and a banana now they didn't get it right but what was interesting was the one of the twins on the far left was the banana and she picked that and the other one picked the orange i think but that was also on the far left so they took it from the same space but mm -hmm. they didn't get the same fruit interesting and at that point they kind of talked to each other and they're like hey we need to like actually try to send this information to each other like right. we need to concentrate more because they were all kind of in the frenzy of oh let's do this test and so they're like okay all right we need to we need to concentrate round two they were given four different playing cards and they were all queens of different suits so they looked at the four cards and each just chose whatever card that they were felt drawn to and both girls chose the queen of hearts which makes you know you Come get in. yeah you get you get two teenage girls together yeah. like you're gonna choose the queen of hearts makes so sense. all right round three they were given three sheets of colored paper one pink one blue, one yellow. They had to choose just one of those. And one chose red, the other chose blue. It was a fail. Again, they talked to each other. We're not sending telepathic signals to each other well enough. And so they decided it's like, okay, twin one, you send it to me. I'm not going to try to send anything to you. You send me what you're choosing. I'm going to try to pick up on that. Hmm. So now we go into round four. They still had their three pieces of colored paper. They had to choose one of those three again and then write a number from one to ten on whichever piece of paper that they chose so this time they both ended up choosing the blue piece of paper and they both wrote the number seven on it Ooh. so they got that right and cool. that was the first one where she was like in her head she was like number seven blue number seven blue number seven actually not in her head she said it out loud and then you kind of watch the other one think through it and talk through it and she she ends up with the same one very cool round five the one one of the girls has like led lights all over her room that could change colors and so the test was they were going to close her blinds you know close any place where the light could potentially get through and she had to randomly just choose a color for those lights to land on and the other girl needed to guess what color lights that she chose mm -hmm. and that was one where there was a lot of like open deductive reasoning she was like 
well, I know her favorite colors are purple and pink, so I don't think that she would do those because it's too obvious. I don't know if she would do blue either because I think that's obvious. So she talked through it and whatever, and she ended up being like, red? I'm going to go with red. And it was red. The hmm. girl did choose red. Again, they're sisters. They know each other's favorite colors, maybe because that fell outside of like what they would assume the other one would do. She was mm -hmm. like, well, I'll go with that. So, it, you know, kind of on the fence right there. Now, the next one, one girl was given three bowls with different things in the bowl. One had tomato juice, one had syrup, and one had water. She had to put her hand in one of these three bowls, and the other one had to choose what she put her fingers in. Now, they didn't make it clear if she knew what the three choices were. Mm -hmm. I think if she did, it's still, it's still a test. You know what I mean? It's still, she had to get it right, one of the three. But who knows? Maybe they didn't tell it at all. But what happened was the girl with the bowls barely dipped the very tip of her finger in one with syrup, like maple syrup. And the other girl was like, um, I feel like she's like barely dipping like the tip of her finger into something like, is it like syrup? Cool. And so that was like, whoa, weird. Now, this last one it's funny because it to me seemed like the most compelling but one of the twins is like i don't know if this one counts so uh basically the dad set it up he's like here's what's gonna happen twin one you're going to experience a feeling what we're gonna do is we're gonna have your brother come in here and she's in her little office chair and we're gonna spin you around in circles and meanwhile the other twin needs to guess what that twin is experiencing like guess what's physically happening to her the brother starts spinning the girl and she um, is getting increasingly more dizzy and ends up getting kind of like motion sickness. Meanwhile, the other girl, at first she's just kind of frustrated. She's just like, I don't know. Like, I don't feel anything. Like, I guess if anything, I just feel like, maybe, like, are they laughing? I feel like they're laughing. And then she kind of sat with it for a minute. She's like, well, I'm like, feeling my stomach where you would be laughing. But actually when I think about it, when I feel my stomach there, I also feel kind of like queasy, almost like, I don't know, like, like my stomach hurts. Like I'm nauseous. Like, I don't know, like a motion sickness or something. Cool. That's very cool. Yeah. So I loved all your stories about the twins. And I know there's a lot of talk about twin telepathy. And I don't want to discount it. I just want to rename it. Okay. What are you thinking? Quantum entanglement. I think that what we're calling telepathy is quantum entanglement. Do you think that in general, like all telepathy is quantum entanglement or just when it comes Perhaps. to twins? Perhaps. Yeah. I don't agree, but I'm interested to hear more about your theory. Yeah. So this guy, Guy Lion Playfair, um, he's a psychologist. And uh, he sets up some experiments for identical twins in 2003. Richard and Damien Powell's, he puts Richard in a soundproof booth. He puts Damien in another room and Damien is hooked up to a polygraph. And the polygraph is just to measure his rep respiration, his muscle reactions, and his skin, you know. So Richard, the other twin, is then instructed to put his hand in a bucket of ice water. And as you'd expect, he lets out a gasp upon hitting the icy water. In the other room, with Damien hooked up to the polygraph, his monitor blips 
as if he too let out a gasp. So Damien is having a physical reaction at the same moment that Richard is having a physical mm, reaction. Weird. Yeah, so those are occurring at the exact same time. In 1997, there was another um, appearance on live TV which uh, with a similar experiment. Identical twins Elaine and Evelyn Dove are separated. Elaine goes into a soundproof room with a pyramid-shaped box in the middle while Evelyn is in another room hooked up to polygraphs. Elaine uh, settles into the soundproof room and as soon as she kind of like relaxes, the pyramid box explodes harmlessly with, mm. with pops, flashes, and colored smoke. Over in the other room, Evelyn's polygraph goes off the charts at the same moment her sister would have been experiencing her surprise. Oh. So Playfair says telepathy tends to work best when it is needed and when the sender and receiver are strongly bonded as with mothers and babies, dogs and their owners, and those with the strongest bond of all, twins. Mm -hmm. And if, if you want to read more about it, I got it from liveabout.com, and it was called Evidence for Twin Telepathy. So now I want to get into what I've been talking about the whole time, quantum entanglement. Quantum entanglement. So I watched a Nova documentary from PBS called Einstein's Quantum Riddle. And it's kind of crazy that they call it this because Einstein really didn't like quantum mechanics. It kind of goes directly in the face of everything he worked on his whole life. So quantum entanglement or quantum mechanics is a coordinated connection between pairs of particles that exist outside of space. They influence each other as if space doesn't exist. Einstein called this connection spooky action at a distance because he didn't buy it. He thought it was mm. bullshit. He rejected mm. the theory and he sought to disprove quantum mechanics. But as we know it now, there is a subatomic level of uh, the whole world of atoms and particles. They gave the examples like if you blew up a soccer ball to be like the size of Earth, Mm -hmm. then you would see that the atoms that are on it are like the size of people. So that's how small the subatomic world is and how vast it is. Then they went into matter and how when, even when something seems solid, like, you know, my computer in front of me, when we get to a subatomic level, we see that it's not. And the more you look, the less solid it is mm -hmm. and that it's all, it looks like smoke and vapors, like completely immaterial. Whoa. Yeah. So crazy stuff. Then they're talking about electrons. And you can look this stuff up, you know. Electrons have to be observed to be real. <laughs> Are you crying? I'm trying to. Yes, I'm crying. <laughs> it's just so hard to get your head around. I know. It is. And I'm struggling even. And I have this. I have notes. And I'm like, I guess. I'm like, this is science? This what? is science. And it's so complicated. So... If you're not looking at electrons, they are just potential. They are everywhere. It's like Schrodinger's cat. Like right. it is both. It is all the options because we haven't observed it. So then But who the fuck are we? Like who are we? I don't know. So uh. we're observing it and then it it materializes and becomes a particle. So they're saying so, but that's saying that if the, if people did not walk this earth, that there would be no such thing as. Well, and that was what Einstein's problem was. He was like, just because we're not looking at the moon doesn't make it go away. Right. That is, I mean, maybe you would be on Einstein's. 
uh, side, but this has been proven, so I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> so the mathematics of quantum mechanics, as discussed by Einstein, Podolsky, and Rosen, EPR, um, the research that they come out with together, it predicts this impossible connection between particles. And I think the documentary itself was trying to like make this easy on me and give me mm -hmm. metaphors, but the metaphors themselves were very hard to understand. So if two particles, this is about the impossible connection. So if two particles are each hidden underneath separate cups, okay? Mm -hmm. Like it's a magic trick. I'm closing my eyes right now trying to imagine this. Imagine a light particle, you know? Okay. An it's, orb, like an orb? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So looking at one, like say you open, you pick up the cup and you look at this light particle. Mm-hmm. Looking at one causes the other one to reveal itself with the identical matching properties. Would the other one be in the same cup? The other one's in its own cup. You lift up one of the cups, you observe the light particle, and it it's like it turns itself on. So I would be able to see a glow through the other cup that's upside down. Yeah, potentially. Okay. Yeah. So particles can be very far away, you know, across the universe, in a right. different universe. Right. So when one is chosen to be measured, the other is instantaneously affected. So time space right. is irrelevant when you're talking about quantum mechanics. Right. Okay. And Einstein's beef is space. His whole thing is time space. He doesn't he doesn't like that quantum mechanics don't need space. He doesn't buy it. He right. thinks that it's woo-woo garbage. Even though it's like they're coming up with the math. They're mm -hmm. like, this all checks out. He's like, it has to be wrong. So he's trying to disprove it. He loves physics and this literally defies physics as they know it. So Niels Bohr suggests that there's communication between particles that signal each other faster than the speed of light. Mm. And that observation is key. So it's like a rigged game of chance. If you put two quantum dice into a cup to shake and then you, you know, threw the dice on the table, they would have the same number every time. So it's identical random processes. At this time, quantum mechanics can't be proven, but the theory is used to develop the atomic bomb, lasers, transistors, computers, and the whole world of modernity is oh, due to quantum theory. Damn, I didn't know it went that far. Mm -hmm. In the 1960s, John Bell and John Clauser, they're picking this back up and they want it to happen. So one or the other, I can't remember who, um, they make, I think it's John Clauser, he makes an actual experiment. So he gets a laser, focuses it on calcium atoms. That creates a reaction, which then emits photons. And those photons travel. I don't. I really don't get it. It's. I can explain okay. it. It's not going to help me That's understand fine. it. Well, so what I'm thinking right now up. is, what does this have to do with twins? Um, that they are connected in the same way that these particles are. So when one person is uh, in a car accident, mm -hmm. the other one feels it. It's mm -hmm. because they are entangled. Yes. And with that, with the particles that are entangled, are, are they like literally like particles from that split egg? Probably. Okay. So the conclusions, because I'm skipping. Right. <laughs> the conclusions are that entanglement is a part of the natural world. And it means that an action in one place can have an instant effect anywhere in the universe, as if there's no space between them. And that particles only take on physical properties when we observe them. Hmm. 
yeah, I guess I'd really want to know, I mean, we're, we're assuming that it's because they're coming from the same egg, but I, in general, just want to know, like, where do those atoms originate before, like, the, the two atoms that are entangled with each other, where do they come from? I think it has to go back to, like, you know, we're all just in a soup. We're oh, all... it has to go back to the soup. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all just, like, mixed up and then chewed up and spat out over and over and over again. So we're all connected. Maybe it's the same stardust. Like, maybe it's That's something. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It never goes away, you know? Right. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. So I think that's what it all is. You think it's quantum entanglement. And when people, when, so they were interviewing, in the documentary, they were interviewing all these scientists and they said that they think the secret to the universe is the combination between Einstein's theory of relativity and quantum mechanics. Mm -hmm. That if we can bridge that, we'll unlock the secrets of the universe. Right. Whoa. Who's going to do it? You going to do it? I might do it. I feel like I have a really good handle on this. I can see <laughs> all of the puzzle pieces. For sure. Yeah, just give me a day or two. I got it. All right. Bet. <laughs> well, damn. Okay, so twins overall, going into this topic, I thought it was going to be a lot weirder really? than it ended up being. Yeah. It's more like the closeness of people. Right. It really doesn't have to do with the twin aspect. Now, I will say, I mean, like, I don't want to discount the the number of uh, experiences that do come from twins because, like, they have a twin festival every year. And apparently at that, like, it's just story after story of everybody has experienced something like that. So, yeah, yeah I think it's definitely something that you see more in twins because they're inherently just as close as you could ever be. Yeah, it makes sense. Hmm. Interesting. Do you have anybody in your life or that you've ever had like a, a moment of being like, oh, I need to check on this person or anything like that? No, no, not really. But when I was 11, I remember being on the bus and I was on my way home from school and I got this overwhelming feeling that I needed to check on the dogs. Mm. I remember, who is it? Playfair is like, there's this dog owner connection Mm -hmm. which i thought was really interesting for him to include Mm -hmm. um but i'm 11 i'm getting off the bus i'm like i gotta go check on the dogs and i'm like undiagnosed anxiety disorder at this time so i'm like trying not to fully panic i'm like running off the bus something's wrong yeah and at the time we had three dogs they were like outside dogs and um one of them had just like fully shredded their bed so that was that was what I found. That was it. That was <laughs> it. But I'm like, something happened. Right. That, you know? Yeah. It wasn't a usual behavior. It was very unusual. Sure, sure. So maybe I just missed the action. Yeah, that's true. I did have a time with one of our dogs where I had that same moment where I was just like, oh, but I think I'm just really good at deductive reasoning because, and this gets tragic, so my apologies, but um, we had a pug named Jelly. She was so sweet and ugly, and she she was missing an eye. She was diabetic. She had dementia. Like, she was a fucking mess. Baby. Um, Overweight. But during the day, she liked to just kind of hang out on her back porch and um, just kind of poke around. She never went too far because she was blind. And one day, we were going to sit down for dinner, and I just had it in my head. I was like, wait, where's Jelly? And immediately, like... 
I was like, oh, she walked down into the, because there were like the bot at the back of the backyard, there was a uh, creek bed that was usually pretty dry. And I was like, oh, she fell into the creek bed and couldn't get out and died of heat exhaustion. Oh my God. And we found her down there. Stop. Like we went down there and that's what had happened. Holy shit. Yeah. But again, I think it was just deductive reasoning. I'm like, okay, she goes outside. It was a hot summer day. I know that sometimes she'd walk down there and I knew that if she got wow. in the creek bed, there's no way that dog is getting out of a creek bed. Like she just doesn't have the capability to do that. So, yeah. um, but other than that, yeah, I don't know. But I will say me and my friend Stevie, who we were BFF since I moved to, um, to Louisville when I was seven and she and I still to this day, we we're one of those friends that we only have to see each other couple times a year and we just pick back up you know where we left off so um we're always very close but there's always going to be some time in the year where I'll be going through a rough time maybe I'm just like really depressed that week or maybe something big is happening and vice versa and we'll end up calling the other one being like hey miss you what's going on and it, we just kind of go into it as a hey I think it's time for us to hang out but it's always just like right on time mm -hmm. to the point where Stevie is like we need to get some sort of I guess they sell some sort of like light bulb oh my God, thing where do. both people can have it. And yeah. it's like when you're thinking about that person, you turn it on or it like changes yeah. colors or something like that. I don't know. We talked about getting something that. like that. I just had a thought while you were telling me that um, relating to like, say, the relation to friends mm -hmm. or or an owner and a pet or um, adoptive parents and their child. Perhaps that is where that observation of the particles comes in. So if you had never known this person, you wouldn't have had that connection. But because right. they're brought into your life, then that those particles within you and the other person are like activated Whoa. and connected. Because being in each other's lives is akin to seeing the particles? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you are seeing, you are then observing those connected particles in each other. Right. But see, to me, that's almost like if it's just the matter of two particles coming together and then like seeing one another, seems like I would have the same likelihood of having a psychic connection with somebody who I pass walking down the sidewalk. I'm not saying psychic connection. Quantum entanglement connection. Yeah. Hmm. I, f I do feel like there's like an empathetic component to it that is involved somehow. Definitely. Well, cool. Twins, right? Twins. Am I right? You are. Twins. Twins be twinning. All right, guys. Well, that is our episode on twins. Are you a twin? Well, if you are, give us a shout. <laughs> send, us a, <laughs> send us an email. Hold on. Find us on uh... Hold on a second. Are you a twin? Are you a multiple? Are you a scientist? Ooh. Are you Einstein? Hey. Are you... Are you Bohr? Are you Niels Bohr? Because definitely contact us if that's the case. Are you the quantum entanglement atom to my atom? Mm. Mm, come find me. <laughs> if you have any stories or anything that's just way too weird, just give us a shout. You can email us at waytooweirdbot at gmail.com. That's the number two. You can also find us on Instagram at waytooweirdpod. Well, you know... As you continue on in this journey and this weird trip we call life, try to remember what's the best that could happen. Damn, she went straight for it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Enough preamble. 
no pussyfooting around that one. Watch your mouth. <laughs> I know we switched sides on this one. I'm <laughs> saying all the cringy shit. All right, guys, stay curious and keep it weird. Keep it weird. Way too weird. <laughs> if you got a parasitic twin, I feel bad for you, son. You got 99 problems, but a twin ain't one. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs>